The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? And this week on the episode, we will be talking about the trade deadline and the lack of moves that the Suns made. After that, we'll be doing our game recaps and game previews, and then followed by our famous non-sports plug. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. For our bet question from last week, shout-out to at SauceBoss003 on Twitter. Great name. Great, great uh, Twitter follow right there. He guessed the closest to Suns points in the game against the Pistons, so congratulations to sauce boss 003 on twitter and this was our first our first bet of february i won i was closer on how many points the suns would score so after losing in january i'm currently up one to nothing that's right i i like to give mitch a chance every (laughs) once in a while so i'm letting him have this first week and then i'll just i'll have like a beautiful comeback over the rest of the month that's the plan stay tuned okay (laughs) (laughs) okay let's talk about this trade deadline though and there there weren't a ton of sun's rumors at any point during the deadline until we heard about the potential of the suns trying to trade for luke Kennard from the detroit pistons and what we saw part of this trade would be elio kobo javon carter and a protected first round pick this year from the suns going to the Pistons, and it seemed like that was just for Kennard. So, in the end, nothing did come of this. It sounded like there was some disagreement between how the pick would be protected, is what we heard. But, is this a trade you would have done, Mitch? Yeah, I would have. I I just don't think there would have been anyone in this draft thus far that is that much better than Luke Kennard. I know he's been hurt this season, and he's missed quite a few games, but this essentially would ship Javon Carter and Elia Cobo out and then make it as if we drafted Luke Kennard this this season. Gotcha. Yeah, he's still on his rookie deal, so that's an attractive thing to pick up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder about... Well, the thing that took me back, first of all, was the injury, obviously. He's had a little trouble this season with the knee, I believe. And the fact that we're six men down on our rotation right now with injured guys, that wasn't a very attractive thing to me. I want to see a guy who's healthy come in and someone who's really able to just chip in and help this team from right now, similar to how we traded for Kelly last year, and he was able to make quite a big impact on our team last year. I'd want to see something like that if we were to make a trade. 
And who knows if Kennard's ready to play right now or not. The Pistons are in a pretty interesting situation. They just traded Drummond. Are they are they really tanking? Are they keeping Kennard out to help them lose games? We don't know anything about that. But as for a fit, I think Kennard would be great. We need help in our backcourt on the bench, obviously, someone to back up Booker. Or point Booker plus Kennard would be a pretty nice backcourt to see, too. I don't know how the defense goes, but uh, I'd like to see that. That would have yeah. been a nice fit for us. I don't think Kennard is a horrible defender. I know I, I had heard a few people talking about Kennard being a guy who could come off the bench and then finish games, be in that, that lineup, because he's a good shooter, halfway decent defender. He, I think he would have been a good fit, and I, I would have liked to make that trade. I really would have, but I see what you're saying. You know, we're 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 already down quite a few guys, and you know, if we're looking at just this season, shipping out Carter and Akobo would that would hurt our like our our backup point guard spot. You know, that would force a lot more point Booker. We we're still kind of struggling with that. Tyler Johnson would definitely have to play a lot more, and maybe see a bit more. Jalen LeCue slash Jared Harper slash whatever G League guy. Let's not forget about Ty Jerome, though. That's but true. He's oddly, he was a little knocked up, too, and I, I I thought we'd see him in the lineup a little bit more over, over the last couple games, but not much, really. So I that's another interesting thing, where we're at with him, but that's that's for another day. Yeah, it's... It is odd. I expected him to play a little bit more, too. But to look at this from the other side, this could have been James Jones standing his ground, setting a limit, saying, we're not going to accept a protection, you know, that's that's different than what I'm offering here. Something like that, not getting pushed around. Um, I, I could see that as being beneficial, but I don't know. I, I think overall I still would have liked to do this trade. Yeah, I I think I'm fine with us just standing pat here and not doing anything. But right now we're 21 and 32. I think we have the 10th best lotto odds if the season were to end today. We still have guys banged up. We don't know anything about Kaminsky. We know nothing new about Kaminsky. Baines has been out weeks. Sarich is out now with this ankle. Are we going to be winning many more games this year? It makes me wonder if it's time that we watch the Suns kind of pack it up for another year and start losing games to get a better pick. But then again, I don't know what the lottery even really looks like this year yet. So Right, right. I don't think there are any, any extreme standouts at this point. Uh, I think the All-Star break is going to be really interesting. After that, I think we'll be able to have a, a more clear picture of what what our path is going to be because that's going to give those guys like Kaminsky and Baines and Sharich a, a little bit extra time to heal and if they can come back after the all-star break you know we might be continuing to fight for the eighth seed I mean we're we continue to fall in the playoff race the Grizzlies are still winning we're losing some games that we should definitely not be losing um, but we're still there. There's still, you know, a quarter of the season or so to go. So um, it's not completely out of the question. 
But I think after the All-Star break, things will become more clear. Right. And in the back of my mind this whole time, I've been thinking, hopefully we just told Baines and Kaminsky and now Saric, like, let's just aim for after the All-Star break. Let's come back healthy after the All-Star break. I really hope that's the deal because that seems like a pretty nagging injury to be keeping Aaron Baines out this long. Yeah. It's Yeah. So I hope we're back at full strength then. Right. I think the only thing, you know, you, you talked about being satisfied with not really doing anything. I would have really liked to move Tyler Johnson. That contract is huge. And I know that at the end of the season, he'll be a free agent. But I would have really liked to move that for even just like a second round pick or something. I would have liked to get something for that. Yeah, I'm surprised that it doesn't seem like many teams were really trying to clear a bunch of cap for the free agency this off season, because this isn't a great free agency class. So I think maybe if there would be some hotter names on the board, maybe Tyler would have been more attractive to uh, just be able to shed that. But you know, that's our luck. That's son's basketball. At least least next year, Tyler Johnson's not going to be making $19 million or whatever that crazy number is. That'll be off our books. We can find someone else to play that backup, backup one, two minutes, third string, whatever you want to call that. But yeah, it'll be nice to get that off the books for sure. All right, let's move into some game recaps. There were four games last week, two back-to-backs, two different sets of back-to-backs, right? Yep. One yeah, of them on a road trip, one right when we get back from a road trip. Right. That's that's a tough week for the Suns, and it showed we went 1-3 on the week, but did play one of our best games of the season, I'd say, against the I'd Rockets. I'd say best game of the last 10 years. Oh, boy. Maybe ten nine. Years. Maybe nine. Oh, it's sad that we can even entertain that as a thought, mm-hmm. you know, but we are. But anyways, let's start. Back at the beginning of the week with a game against the Nets. This one was in Brooklyn. Uh, we took the L 119 to 97. And we don't need to harp on this game because this is what happened. Devin Booker plays maybe his worst game of the season. And we're still playing Jalen LeCue, Jared Harper, and Tariq Owens any sort of minutes in an NBA game right now. So we're not going to win that game. When Devin's not playing up to his ability, this team is going to struggle against literally any team in the league. Right. And, I mean, Elliot Kobo played 27 minutes in this game. Rubio That's had an off night. Yeah, Rubio only played 18. Rubio had an off night, so Carter had 23 minutes and Kobo had 27. This was, I mean, also a tough game because it was the second night of a back-to-back. We, we played at Milwaukee the night before. And then we had to go to Brooklyn. That's tough. This is a really, really tough stretch. One, Milwaukee's really, really good. And it's also in Milwaukee. Milwaukee and Brooklyn are not that close. That's a long plane ride. And a time zone change. So, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of making excuses. But we we were definitely not anywhere close to full strength in this game. No, it just wasn't in the cards for us to win this one. We were led by DeAndre Ayton, who... Puts up 25 points and 17 rebounds, uh, two free throws in the game. So that's something to, I don't know, at least he got there once for yeah. one set of them. You got to look at it that way. Then Kelly Oubre with 21 points, five rebounds. Then then what do you say? Two other guys in double figures. Mikhail Bridges had 12. 
and Booker had 11. One thing we can say, Mikhail Bridges is putting together a really nice stretch of games over this week. It's been nice watching him play on both ends of the ball. He's scoring, he looks confident on offense, and he's still he's still snatching steals and grabbing blocks. Grabbing yeah. blocks, snatching steals, grabbing steals, snatching blocks. Whatever he's whatever. doing. Whatever. It's he's great. Doing. It's it great. is great. Well, and that brings up an interesting point. As as we talked earlier about the trade deadline, we had a slight rumor that Kelly Oubre Jr. We were at least fielding calls for Kelly Oubre Jr. I don't think we were ever that serious about trading him. I think he's a pretty major part of our team. Um, but you know, it's it's okay. Like we're teams are always listening to offers about anyone really, but. You know, I when I got that notification, my first thought was, are we really th- like that sold on Mikhail Bridges being part of the Suns' future? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the first place I went. I thought, are Mikhail and Cam enough for us mm-hmm. to go forward with? And, you know, Kelly can be a little inconsistent at times. Sometimes he's a black hole. We know that the assist numbers are never too great. I think he's had a few games with a few assists this year, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not ready to give up on Kelly yet at this point. I don't know if the starting lineup is the future for Kelly, though. I'm still convinced that I think he'd be such a nice spark off the bench. Try to get him in some mismatches where he can take advantage of a bench defense. I'd really like to see that happen, but I'm not ready to just part ways with Kelly yet. And who knows what the price even was for him? What would we have even gotten in return? Right. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I, I also, you know, I think it's it's worth it to listen to calls too, just to gauge interest while his trade value is probably as high as it's ever going to be. Yep. That's very true. And it didn't sound like we were the ones making the call. It sounds like we fielded a few we, calls. Right, right. And we, this happened, this shopping. got announced right before our game, too. And it just didn't make sense that the Suns would be doing that. And I don't know. You know, right. things happen in the NBA. It's a, it's a business. We know that. But a pretty cool thing about this is after the trade deadline, there was a quote about Kelly saying everybody was excited and they were saying we all made it. They were we happy to be yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, building blocks. We've won more games than the last two years already. We're, we're, we're going in the right direction, even though we get these stagnant bits where everybody's hurt. Booker has an off game. It, it happens, but believe it or not, still moving in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Shout out to Gina Mizell for that quote. Yes. That was her article, and it was, yeah, really, really good. Uh, we're building chemistry. I think that's a, a good sign. Right. All right, we'll move it on to the next game against the Pistons. And before we even talk about this, let's just take a moment to say we all got to witness Andre Drummond play his last game in a Pistons jersey. I'll mm-hmm. never forget where I was. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, the Pistons are... An enigma of a team right now. I have no idea. They did beat us. I just have no idea what direction they're going in. They still have Blake Griffin. Like, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, he's He's hurt. But yeah, he's there. And there's there were times last year where Blake looked really good still. And he was struggling this season, and then he obviously got shut down for the year. But 
he's still there. We'll have to see what's going on. I with the surrounding though, I don't know what they're going to do with him now. I don't either. Yeah, it's uh it's a wild situation. I bet he is kicking himself for wanting out of LA. Well, yeah, maybe. That that LA wouldn't be LA right now. No, they wouldn't. Stayed, they wouldn't. But... but I think he's still he would have been in a better situation back there. I don't know. And it, you know if I he stays around, if he stays around, the Pistons are de facto his team then, right? Because Drummond's gone now. Yeah, ah. that's true. It's all him. I don't know, but let's talk about... And Reggie yeah, and, Jackson. And Reggie Jackson. And another guy who played well against us, Christian Wood, who I like. I think he plays a style of basketball that's a little bit forgotten in the NBA. A big, long guy who wants to get down low and dunk on people. It doesn't happen very much. And he's just a skinny guy, but you can tell he's aggressive and he wants to get buckets and... I, I love watching that. And what did he do against us? 21, 21 points, eight. 8 rebounds, plus 17. He was a big factor in the game. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, big, long guy who wants to dunk on people. That could be DeAndre Ayton. But at this, at this point, he was still taking his little elbow jumpers. <laughs> Monty, that, Williams, Monty Williams has said he wants... He, Aiden to take those shots 20% of the time. He wants an 80-20 ratio of like dunks and low post moves to those little elbow jumpers. And I think that's high. I would rather see like 95 to 5. Yeah, I, I can buy into that. And the best part is he's following that direction. He is, yes. He's, yeah, I'm excited just to talk about the uh, Nuggets game, even though we lost. DeAndre was a a real force in this one against Jokic. So yeah, it, it yeah. was exciting. But anyways, Pistons game, we got to talk about it a bit. So we had Kelly score 30, Booker had 22, Aiton had 26 and 12. Those all look nice, but then we see that we run an eight-man rotation in this game. Our starting point guard only scores four. And then Ellie, Javon, and Diallo are the three guys off the bench. It's... This is tough. We we can't expect too much out of this team when we're this thin. Right. We scored 13 bench points. And this was the game for our bet question. And um, I, I said we would score 110 points, which was slightly below our average. And we scored 108. We weren't that much more below our average point total for the season, which is kind of impressive. But it's going to be tough to win games with an eight-man rotation when your starters are playing 40-plus minutes. Right, that's tough. And our guys have to be exhausted. They've got to be worn out at this point. And oh, yeah. It, I don't think anything's going to change until after the break either. So I hope everybody's ready. I hope everyone stays healthy. But this is just going to be, I mean, what do we have this week? Lakers and Warriors. Yes. So the Lakers game, that's going to be rough. It is, but it is. man, it'd be nice to win against the Warriors and go out on a high note. Yes, it would definitely. But I mean, scheduling wise too, we go from Milwaukee all the way out to Brooklyn, back to Detroit. Can we just switch the Brooklyn and Detroit games? Like, what's going on in those places? I don't think been they really, really nice care about our travel factor. I, I, I don't <laughs> think so either. But like, doesn't that make more sense? Go Milwaukee, Detroit, Brooklyn. 
or yeah. I don't know, not like Chicago maybe instead of Brooklyn. Have we even played the Bulls yet this year? I don't think I, we have. I don't think so. Or the Cavs. We haven't played the Cavs yet. We we need to play the Cavs. We need we a need game the against Cavs. the worst team in the league. That'd be yes. nice. Yeah, it would have been great to play the Cavs or the Bulls instead of the Nets in this situation. Yeah, I guess if you're in the northeast part of the country, they call that good, and they don't care how much you shuffle around. If you yeah. can even call that all the northeast, but yeah, really, I know. Okay, I, let's. I did. Let, I did the geography B in fourth grade. Yeah, I yeah. believe that. U.S. geography, always loved it. <laughs> all right, time to move on to a different game. All right, so Suns versus Rockets. This was a win. This one felt good. One twenty-one to ninety-seven. 127 to 91. Oh, wow. I typed that in wrong. Even better. That, even that, better. that makes things even better. Mm-hmm. And this was on Kelly Oubre bobblehead night, and the guy delivered. He really did. 39 points, a career-high 39 points. He wanted 40 really bad. When he got taken out of the game, he was pretty frustrated because he knew he had 39. But career-high, back-to-back 30-plus point games. Really, really good night from Kelly. We we outscored them 46 to 26 in the first quarter, and I think it was the best quarter we've played all season. We looked really good. We looked ready to go. Uh, there were a couple Rocket fans sitting behind me, and they were not happy. So I've been yeah. on the other end of that many times. So yeah. A little bit satisfying. I mean, I want people to enjoy the game, but it was satisfying. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, this was possibly our best game in the last, I'll just say, five years. We really dismantled them. And no Westbrook, but still, James Harden's really good. Right. Harden is really good, and we did a solid job on him, believe it or not, for most of the game, except for the second quarter. He got it going in the second. I think he hit three threes in a row mm-hmm. or something to that effect. He finished with 32 points. I was looking at his box score. He shot nine two-pointers, ten three-pointers, and ten free throws. Do you think he aims for that? Probably. Like I mean, Ten layups, ten threes, ten free throws. I'm going to score 30-plus mm-hmm. every game. And Yeah, I mean, it's it's painful to watch. I mean, the amount of threes that they take is is ridiculous. They were 11 for 48 from three. That's, yeah, and that's wild. It's really, that's 23%. That's just under 23%. So it looks so bad when you're shooting at that clip. If that's a 35% night from three, that's an entirely different, or a 30% night from three, That's right. that makes the, the game quite a bit different. But right. they were hucking and they weren't falling. Right, and we 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 didn't huck quite as much, but they were falling for us. Fifteen for thirty-one. Yeah, and how many Kelly? Of those came seven for, Kelly? for nine. Seven? seven for nine seven from for downtown nine. for Kelly. Oh, and one of them was right at the end of a quarter too, and it was yeah. so sweet. Oh my gosh, yeah, he looked great. Yeah, Kelly looked good. We're really sticking with this lineup. I mean, I don't know when Dario comes back. I don't know if we should mess with this lineup, this Rubio, Booker, Ubre, Bridges, Aiton lineup. I love that starting lineup. I do too. It needs to be what we go forward with because I Dario is just so 
slow. So slow. he slows things down so much. And then especially when you compare him to being replaced with McHale and what McHale does on the floor and how quick and long and fast and everything he does is just very different from what Dario does. But Dario has his place. If he gets hot, he can stretch the floor. He's always fighting for rebounds. I like what he does there. But maybe that's better off the bench for us because we have Aiton grabbing, you know, 15 rebounds a game or something wild like that over the last week. Right, yeah. And this, you know, speaking of Aiton, this was an odd game for him. In 23 minutes, he had 12 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 blocks. That's not a usual stat line for Aiton. And then Diallo played 24 minutes, so one minute longer, and he had 14 points and eight rebounds. This is odd. I mean, the Rockets are really odd because they're so small. Robert Covington was like their biggest guy on the floor for most of it, and P.J. Tucker's playing a lot of center. And, I mean, it just kind of goes back to what we've talked about with Aiden. He struggles against these physical guys, and P.J. Tucker is physical, you know? So we put Diallo out there, and he did about the same as Aiton. Right. I think that their game plan was to double Aiton as soon as they possibly could when we tried to feed him. They did a good job of keeping the ball out of his hands, even not letting Mm -hmm. him get the ball in the post. So I think that's what they're going to have to do against anyone who can score in the paint. But you could see that they were putting a lot of effort into stopping Aiton, and that's what let everyone else kind of go off in this game. Yeah, and I guess the four assists makes sense there too. Yeah. And let's see, turnovers. He did have three turnovers, but that's okay. I mean, we won by nearly 40, so right. I, I can work with it. It's just a it's a good feel for this to happen. Yes, they were without Westbrook. That's a big deal. But seeing this team injury depleted, still being able to stomp anybody in the league, you, you know that something's right. The The... A lot of the right pieces are in place, but it's still missing something. Right. Who knows what it is? And this was at home, too. I haven't seen very many home blowouts. And for whatever reason, our road record is better than our home record. And this, I mean, it is odd to see blowouts at home that we're winning. You know what else is weird? What? Is this our third season with season tickets? Yes, it is. And I've had them one, one year previous to that. This might be the loudest and most active the crowd has been in that time period. And I I mean, the seven seconds or less sons, that was insane. Mm -hmm. But, you know, since since Nash left, it's been pretty quiet. And it seems like this year we've been giving the team the most support that we have. I agree with that. Yeah. In this game, pretty much every time out, people were standing and cheering and it was loud yeah it was really fun it was really full too yeah friday night that helps but yeah it was great oh i'm i'm excited for the arena to be like that every game oh i know and for all the renovations to be done oh i'm hyped i'm i'm glad we didn't build a new one honestly because i like where it's at it's it's a good spot and it wouldn't have been there you know Right, it would have been moved somewhere else. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm excited to get Glendale. in there. I'm really glad that our arena is downtown and not Glendale. Right. I, w- I don't know. I wonder what 
I don't talk to a ton of Cardinals fans or people that go to a lot of football games, honestly. I wonder how the general opinion is of that. I will say, I've been to a couple of those games. It's not bad. It really is not too bad. I mean, if you live in, like, East Mesa, then, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah, that's fair. You know, in my experience, it's not too bad. Right on. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. It's by a lot, and it was great. Yeah, I I think I'm just so happy about it. I want to... I want to turn it around and talk about the Nuggets game to bring me back down to earth. What do you think? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Nuggets game, we lost this one, 117 to 108. And we came out hot in this one. We scored 37 points in the first quarter. They scored 28. It it, it looked great. It looked like we were going to have a nice game on our hands. But after that first quarter, the Nuggets won every quarter. And it really came down to just us falling apart late in the third early in the fourth where there were just too many defensive miscommunications and especially missed box outs that happened where they were scoring buckets after missed free throws. There were guys not securing rebounds where it falls into a nuggets guy's hand and he just lays it in. It it seemed really unlucky, but I think we can probably tie that to fatigue because our guys are spent playing, having to play way too many minutes and the nuggets just being a good team. Right, yeah. I mean, a 17-point second quarter doesn't help anything either. But I think that fatigue definitely plays a role. We need the all-star break really, really, really bad, definitely. Um, but one guy who who didn't look too fatigued was DeAndre Ayton, which makes sense because he played a few less minutes in this Rockets game. But, you know, we, we were able to sit Booker for most of the fourth quarter as well in that game. But Ayton had 28 points and 19 rebounds in this game. Three steals as well, and a block. Really, really nice game from Aiton right there. It was, but sadly, only got to the free throw line for two free throws again Mm -hmm. in this one. And another good takeaway from this, he did have five fouls, but he did play 42 and a half minutes. So I... I get a little frustrated when I see DeAndre pick up some ticky-tack fouls early in the game, and then you can tell that he's very conscious of picking up those fouls moving forward, and you can see that he takes things off a little bit. He uh, just doesn't go balls to the wall like we need him to go. But in this one, it seemed like he managed that pretty well, and really, he really outplayed Jokic in this game. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to see that. Um, but you're right. You're definitely right on that. Um, luckily we had a little bit more bench help in this game. Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson also played in the Rockets game, but he didn't score at all. He was 0 for six from the field. So he's getting back into it, but he had 11 points on three for eight shooting in this game. Uh, two for six from three. We need to get Cam Johnson going again. Right. I think this game was a good step for that. I can write off last game, you know, after missing so many coming out shaky, that's fine. But seeing what he can do is big time. He played 23 minutes in this one. We're obviously missing guys with a little bit of height that can play because we get to play Cam for 23 and then we only play Javon for 10. Ellie played 14. So I guess the bench did play a lot. Those guys, those guards played quite a bit. But it's obvious that Johnson helps us out a lot. He's grabbing rebounds. He can get to the rim. 
really showing that all-around game off, and we were missing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ty Jerome, though, is my question. He plays six minutes in the game against the Rockets and doesn't do anything, but he doesn't play at all in the game against the Nuggets. I just don't know what's going on with him. Okay, I, I heard Eddie say something about this on the broadcast where uh-huh. uh, I think Jerome was questionable for the Rockets game. Uh-huh. And in the blow in blowout minutes, he came in and played towards the end, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting that we put him in in garbage minutes, and then but yet he's still behind Okobo and Carter. I don't. I just don't know where to go with this. I Is mean, he, he healthy? can't. He can't be all the way healthy. I feel that, like that's my only. That's that's what it's got to be. We just we just tried to trade Ellie and Javon. We have a rookie point guard who seems like. He's definitely smart enough to be playing in the NBA right now. I think he has a decent enough feel for the game. What's the what's the point? Put the guy in and let him get some run. It, unless he's hurt. But this says did not play coach's decision in this game. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. I hope after the All-Star break we see more of him. But, yeah, this was confusing. Right. Well, I think that's probably going to wrap it up. It was a confusing game. It was a confusing week for the Suns. Let's uh, do some game previews now, and we'll do a little check-in on the standings. Suns are 21-32. and 32. We've dropped from the 11th seed to the 13th seed over the last week, and we're five and a half games out of the 8th seed Grizzlies. Uh, it's not looking great, but there is still plenty of time. Crazier things have happened. If That's Memphis true. Memphis goes on a little losing streak and we go on a winning streak, we're back to a few games apart, and who knows? But That's true. Anyways, this week, just two games before the break, we start off in L.A. against the Lakers today, Monday. So, thoughts on this one, Mitch? I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go well. We're still very injured. The Lakers are really good. They, oh, they, I just don't like them. I really don't like the Lakers. And None they're of us going to destroy us. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We're, Aiton's going to have to be a Superman in this game if we want to compete. And that's going to be tough because he's going to be going against Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. Like mm-hmm. they have bigs and they're they're big and strong. It's going to be a tough matchup for literally everybody on the team. Do we start flirting with putting Mikhail on LeBron now? Why we've not? Seen, we've seen it happen <laughs> lately. We've seen Mikhail match up on Giannis a little bit. We've we've been seeing him, you know, late in the game against the Nuggets. He was guarding Murray because he was going off. Mm-hmm. So. He guarded Harden and did an awesome job. Oh, when he when he ripped Harden when he uh, was trying to cross yes. him up, I stood up out of my chair and yelled, and I woke my dog up from a nap. Yeah, that was really nice. I felt good. Oh yeah, yeah, but I mean, we'll probably put Mikhail on LeBron or Kelly. You know, switch between those two guys, but it's not going to go well for either of them. No, they don't. They don't have that beef that no, you need they to uh, stay with LeBron. So. Yeah, they need a couple more Taco Tuesdays in them before <laughs> <laughs> they get to that point. A couple. <laughs> 
Yeah, this this could be a rough one. Maybe right. we'll see some Jared Dudley minutes in this one. Hey, that'd be nice. But, you know, one thing, Diallo is going to have to step up in this game. No matter what way you look at it, he he's going to have to be a big part of the game. And, you know, in his minutes, he does play really well at times. We've seen a few off games from him, but he can get things done in a hurry when he's on there. So maybe get yeah. him some extended minutes. Let's hope that carries over. And maybe we see some Twin Towers minutes where we put Aiton on LeBron and Diallo on Anthony Davis. I'm into that, too. At this point, I'm 100% into it. have to get creative with the little that we have. Yeah. Right okay. And then Wednesday. This is a game against the Warriors where it would be really nice to see the team win and go off on a high note into the All-Star break. And I just got to say it, Marquise Chris just played a heck of a game against the Lakers. He had 20 points in the first half, finished with 26 and 9 rebounds and a close loss. So it's funny seeing Chris, you know, the Lakers, I mean, excuse me, the Warriors just traded, was it Glenn Robinson? They traded Alec Burks. They traded D'Angelo Russell. So the cupboards are bare and it's Marquise Chris time. And I think that leads us to our bet question. Let's take it that. It does. Get that. So our bet question is, how many points will our old friend Marquise Chris be able to put up against the Suns in this game? Seven. I'm going seven. Oh, I think he's going to just drop it. I, I don't think he's going <laughs> to. It's going to be too much. Normally when guys play against the Suns after the Suns have traded or released them or whatever, they come and tear us up. I don't think Marquise is going to do it. I don't think so either, but I think I'll have more than seven, so I'm going to say eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's dirty. You're playing to win this week. I understand. I understand. Okay. <laughs> so tweet at us, at Sonny and PHX Pod, with how many points Marquise Chris will be scoring against the Suns on Wednesday night. But really, let's let's talk about because who knows what's going to happen in this game? We're both not playing good basketball, and who it's it's not the era of the Warriors and the Suns this year. It's it can it's known. But anyways, they just traded D'Lo for Wiggins. How do you think Wiggins fits in with the future of the Golden State Warriors with well, Steph, Clay, Wiggins? What do you think? You know, Steve Kerr had said. Wiggins didn't really work out as well as people expected in Minnesota because he was expected to be the star, to be the one who does it all. And he could be a much better role player. So when you pair him, you know, as a third or fourth option with Steph and Clay and Draymond Green and, you know, Eric Paschal, it'll be (laughs) interesting to see. I I think it could be a good fit. I do. Yeah, I do too. I'm not... I'm how do I want to say it? I think that the Timberwolves got a pretty solid deal out of it, but I don't know who else is really pining for Delo at this point. And the Wiggins makes sense for the Warriors, so I can see why they they bought into that. But yeah. does it we'll we'll just touch on this really quickly. Does it make you nervous that Delo and Cat are playing together now? No. Me neither. I really, I really don't think there. There's no way unless he demands a trade. 
even if he were to demand a trade, I think the Suns would rather sit Devin Booker on the pine than take back anything that the Timberwolves could offer for Booker this year or next year. Right. Here's my thing. I don't think D'Lo is that good. I know they're friends, but I've said this from the start. I don't think D'Angelo Russell is as good as people make him out to be. I think he had a couple good seasons in Brooklyn that, you know, was kind of a, a good situation for him, but I just don't think he's that great. I don't know. I don't see the Timberwolves really upgrading all that much from Jeff Teague. I know that that's kind of wild to say, but I just don't think D'Lo is all that great. I'm kind of a D'Lo fan. I like what he brings to the table as a scorer, but I'm interested to see how he's going to play when he's playing with an actual star like Cat. I wonder what kind of changes he'll make to his game to... Because the the main reason why all this turmoil happened in Minnesota was because Jeff Teague wouldn't throw Cat the ball in the post. It was... It was weird how they It was weird. So it was just an interesting situation. So get two guys who are buddies. They have chemistry of some sort. I don't know if they play pickup in the summer together or how much they've ever even really played together. But I like the idea of it. And I wonder if uh, it turns D'Lo into more of a balanced player. Maybe we don't see him put up the scoring numbers, but maybe the assist numbers take a big hike up and he becomes more efficient. I think that's probably the best case for him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just, I really don't think I'm that worried about Booker wanting to leave to join them. Like, Booker has said a million times that he loves Phoenix and he wants to be here for his whole career. And until he says otherwise, I'm sticking with what he has already said. Perfect. Let's uh, end it with that. Yeah, okay. Um, Time for our non-sports section of the show. This section was inspired by a conversation that we had right before we started recording that we realized we've never talked about on the show. If you could time travel to any point in time, past or future, not present, because that defeats the purpose, if you could travel, time travel to any point in time, where would you go? This it's this is such a broad question, so I'm just gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it somewhat local. I'll keep it to the United States. I want to be a mobster in the Prohibition area era. Oh, okay. I, just that the whole era, the time, the style, and all that. I I I'm drawn to that. I like reading early stories 1900s <laughs> or like the 20s, 30s, yeah, 20s. Uh-huh. You know that that kind of thing. That's where I'm I'm pointing. Hmm. In New York, you know, I'm not a big city guy by any means, but in that era, I bet it would have been pretty wild. I think that would have been fun. Hmm. That's where I'd like to go. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I definitely wouldn't go to the future. That's for sure. Um, I I would probably go like ancient Greece or something like that. I've always liked that ancient history kind of stuff. So ancient Greece or Egypt or, you know, those those kind of places I think would be really cool. Um, See, you know, we have a lot of these things that we see today that we're like, how did they get there? Like the pyramids, how did they get there? I would love to see something like that. Um, Or something a little bit more recent, like uh, Renaissance Italy, I think would be pretty cool too. But no, I'd probably go somewhere ancient. I think ancient Greece would probably be my top choice. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. 
you know, I've recently kind of got into my genealogy and my family tree and my ancestry and looking at all that. And I think it'd be really neat to see where our ancestors grew up. Yeah. You know, like just anywhere. I'm talking on a little plot of farmland in Iowa or just anything. You know, mm-hmm. I just like to see how it was done back then and what people went through because, like, I don't want to sound like an old man here, but things are crazy now, dude. You can get food brought to your house. You can get a ride from a someone in a car when you need to get somewhere. You don't need a taxi. I mean, just the all the things that you can do and all the services that are around and technology, it's just amazing. Yeah, cell phones. I mean, we've got little computers on us at all times okay boomers (laughs) (laughs) yeah give me the good old days back in my day i used to have to do math with a pencil and a piece of paper oh yeah i actually had one of those casio watch calculators that i remember oh boy i saw one of those recently they i think those go for decent money on like ebay if if someone has a legit one from back then and it's in good shape, I think some uh, some nerds will pay really good money for those. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I guess that could be collectors' items right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I huh. think people like legitimately use them and wear them. Oh, oh, or that. I guess functional too. I didn't think about that. A little, a little hipsterish, you know. Yeah. Uh, touch, okay. I guess I touch get that. the hipster. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, interesting stuff, but. 1920s America, a lot of jazz. That's what that too. Mm-hmm. Get me in. Yeah, that's interesting. And ancient Greece for me. So jazz and Greece. Yeah. I'd have to say your decision may be a little more cultured than mine. <laughs> <laughs> They're both interesting. I like mobsters. There's no, there's no wrong answers. I have an Italian family member in my family tree, so. <laughs> Oh, okay. There you go. I'm a, I'm pretty much a made man. Right. <laughs> it's all good. All right. That ends things for this show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Two games this week before the All-Star break. We're all ready for a break. And I think we'll be taking a break, We're right? We're taking a break. We're going to take a week off, really think about the Suns basketball team. Actually, no, I'm not going to think about the Suns during this break. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going ta- to legitimately take this one off. Oh, yeah. All right. Social media at Sunny and PHX Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry for getting chippy with you guys last week. I was in some <laughs> sort of mood. I don't know. I did post on Instagram though. Yeah, that's that's great. It got some likes. That got it big likes. likes. Yeah, that's right. Follow us on Instagram at Sunny and PHX Pod for my quarterly Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we keep it real. Thanks for tuning in. Go Suns.